Our second reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John. If you'd like to follow around in your pew Bible, you can find it on page 1651. Friends, continue listening now for a word from God. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh, cleansing God, still us in our hearts, and let your words wash over us this morning. Flood our hearts and our minds with love as we seek your words in the midst of our own this day. Amen. Our word for this week is indeed water. What do you think of when you think of water? Perhaps your brain goes straight to science and you visualize the molecular structure of water in your head. Perhaps water makes you think of a mountain stream or brings up childhood memories jumping into a lake. Maybe you think of seeing an old-timey well or simply turning on the faucet for a nice glass of water. Maybe you think of the beach or the creeks that run through the marshes. We are on an island, after all, and water is all around us. Water has been a part of us from the very beginning. In the creation story that we heard from Genesis, God formed the world out of water. What was there before there was anything is described to us as darkness over the deep seas until a wind swept over these waters. And light came to be on the first day. With darkness and light and then a dome over the water on a second day, God drew land and named the waters that were then a dome over the water on the second day. 
God named those waters that were once formless and void, chaotic even. God named them seas. God took something mysterious and unpredictable like water, and God declared it to be good. Then God, as we know, filled creation with life, and that life needs water to live. And then sandwiched between this creation story and our gospel story for today, we see water being parted, the Red Sea, water coming from a rock, Jonah being thrown into the sea and swallowed up by a fish. We see images from the prophetic books of justice flowing like a river through Israel. And then in the Gospels, we see John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River. We see Jesus calming a storm. And we see water in a well. Water is all over. In John's Gospel, we see a Samaritan woman approaching a well to get this water. It's the same well that Jesus happens to be resting at. Jesus asks the woman for a drink, and the woman proceeds to call Jesus out rather abruptly for even speaking to her. And yet Jesus replies to this woman's comment about their differences, saying, If you knew who I was, you would instead ask me for living water. I imagine this in my head to be a pretty snarky exchange, because it begins with, if you knew who I was, you can't miss the snark in that, right? The woman then responds to Jesus' snarkiness and reminds him that he has no bucket. So how is he going to get this water out? Jesus doesn't seem to heed this reminder, and he replies, Whoever drinks from this well will be thirsty again, but the water that I will give is living water. It's water that brings eternal life. Then, in the lines after this, in the rest of the story of the woman at the well, we learn that this woman had five husbands, and yet she was able to realize that Jesus is indeed the Messiah that they've been talking about. And she returns to tell the town who she met. She met the one who offers new life, new life in living waters, grace. But what is this living water that Jesus speaks of? Living water is what we need to live, right? Not only do we biologically need water to survive, as 71% of the earth is covered in water, 60% of our bodies are filled with water. It's that water that allows us to digest the food that we eat, the cupcakes, to flush out the toxins. It's water that keeps our blood pumping and flowing. And it's even water that keeps us breathing. Water is fundamental to our very existence. But to God, water isn't just something we need to make sure we drink eight glasses of a day to be healthy. To God, Water is new life in Christ. Water is grace. Water is forgiveness. God's water, the living water that Jesus offers to the Samaritan woman at the well, it's not necessarily still or peaceful like we might imagine in a well. 
It's water that is constantly moving. If you're like me, as soon as you came in and sat down with your bulletin, you flipped through it and read all of the details about worship. And part of those are the information found on the back, the ponder prayerfully. This week it reads, Living water is free to move and to follow its God-given, mysterious nature. It is unnatural for water to remain still. Its essential nature is that it is always moving, creating, purifying, healing, energizing, and nourishing life. Water is free. It follows no rules except that it will never run out. This living water of God's is constantly flowing. Even when the water looks still, it's still moving. Water is always evaporating up into the sky, forming rain or hail or snow even maybe in some more northern places before it comes back to the ground. Water never stops moving. It's living. When I think about living water, I can't help but think about that kids' movie that was popular a few summers ago, Moana. My little nephew used to be obsessed with that movie right when it first came out. And any time he would talk about it, he would whisper, Moana. <laughs> Moana lives on this island. She's a relatively young girl. She's the daughter of the, the chief or the king on the island. And on this island, everyone has their set role. And you don't really deviate from that role until one day the water calls out to Moana. It's the water that reminds Moana there is something more. It's the water that draws Moana out of her old life on the island, perhaps a way that's a little more animated than the water that we see. The water draws her to a new life. It calls her to something greater than that is the little island that they live on. And then in the end of the story, it's the water that brings Moana and her people to a new way of life. And it's water that puts Moana and that silly little chicken back on the boat after Maui knocks them off a thousand times. Water gives her calling, it gives her purpose, and it teaches her who she is. Much like the waters of baptism teach us who we are, that we're children of God, that receive God's grace, a few years ago at a different church, the one I worked at in Richmond, the youth were having this lock-in-esque type thing, and they were playing one of those games where you were hiding all over the church and being chased all over the church. Those are sort of treasured moments in youth group when the whole church is your playground. Now, the baptismal font at this church was a lot different than the one that we have here. Instead of it being a, a bowl that like, rests in a hole, it's got a place for it, this baptismal font was more like a bowl on a table. It wasn't quite as sturdy. So remember that. I'm sitting in the balcony of the sanctuary observing when these four middle schoolers come running through the sanctuary. They weren't running particularly fast, and they seemed to be paying attention to where they were going, 
but the floors in that sanctuary were slate, not carpet. And for some reason, it was really cool at youth group to take your shoes off and run around in your socks. And this bowl was just full enough that when this sweet sixth grade boy just barely nudged it, the water sloshed out all over the boys. Now, they were in a bit of a blob and closely contained, and I think that's what protected the bowl from falling and smashing the floor. But water still spilled out everywhere. And this boy was mortified. I'm talking like red face. It almost looked like he started to sweat instantly. He was so embarrassed that he was covered in water. He spilled water all over the floor. And not only did he do it in the sanctuary, but he did it in front of all of his friends. I really thought he was about to cry and this was gonna be a big deal. But then something happened. One of the girls in that group of middle schoolers was in confirmation and she had been paying attention, I learned. I think she saw the embarrassment on this poor kid's face and she said the most amazing thing. It's going to sound a little bit cheesy, but I promise you this is what she said. She goes, it's okay, Spencer. This water is about grace and forgiveness, so let's just clean it up and then let's get back to hiding before they find us. And so they cleaned it up, they hid, and it was nothing after that. But it was one of those moments where you knew they understood grace. It clicked for them. It's one of those moments that I think pastors and church leaders and parents even, like, they dream of that gives them life because they've learned a little bit about what God's love is. You got to see it. They learned that grace is living water spilled from a baptismal font. The living water is grace and this grace renews us. Now, have you ever felt like water has this ability to reset you? Sometimes it's things like swimming in the ocean, or when I was little, we used to think of it as swimming in the river. Or sometimes it can be as simple as even having a glass of water. While I'm not a parent yet, I remember from my babysitting days that water seems to have a special power with kids. Maybe with a sprinkler, or maybe it's something even simpler than that. I remember one time I was in the backyard playing baseball with these two boys. They were around five and three, and I spent a lot of time with them. One minute as they were playing, everything was fine. Everything was happy. We were having a blast. And then the next things took a turn. Suddenly there was crying and yelling at each other and stomping off. And of course, no one wanted to admit that they had hurt the other one's feelings because that never happens, right? So then I suggested that we go in to get some water. I didn't really have any deep meanings behind this suggestion other than this was a great opportunity for us to go inside to get out of the sun and the bugs and be a little bit happier. But as soon as they drank the water with the cups in their hands, whatever they were fighting about, it didn't matter anymore. Whatever happened that upset them seemed to have washed away. It was like the water in their cup had washed over them and renewed them. 
water was like a reset button. And it turned out to be this little moment of grace, this little moment of calm and peace hidden in the smaller moments of everyday life that water reminds us of. And water is where we are reminded of God's grace. Water is where we are remembered that we are claimed by God and that we are all connected to one another through the waters of our baptism. Water is where we remember that God's grace keeps on coming far beyond where we can see. We're lucky enough to live somewhere where we can go to the beach or to be somewhere where the beach isn't far. The next time you go to the ocean or you're looking out over the marsh or a stream or a river, let that be a reminder of how much of God's grace there is. For God's grace is far more abundant than the ocean that we can't see the end of. And it's far more abundant than even a river that never seems to stop flowing. Friends, God's grace is like water, bringing us to new life in Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.